Everybody, this is Stephen the Barefoot Shrink, and you are tuned into my podcast where we are going to be discussing common sense approaches to mental health using everyday skills that we all possess. Hello, everybody. Today, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about how we go through life, life's development, and the big changes that are made as we go through life, and how that affects us. When we start out as a newborn, and in the United States, newborns average 20 inches long and somewhere between seven and nine pounds, you can't hold up your head. You can't really see. Uh, You spend all day sleeping, eating, pooping, and peeing. And that's all newborns can do. By the time you've turned three to three and a half, you have learned all those basic skills. You can see, you can feed yourself, you can walk, you can talk, you can clothe yourself, and you've developed a lot of social skills. And one of those social skills you have developed is to be deceptive, how to tell lies. And that is all part of your brain developing. So the biggest influence on us in those first years is the grown-ups that we are around. Those are the people that we mimic their behaviors. We don't have any filters at that age to decide whether or not what we're experiencing is good or bad. All we know is what's going on around us. The first major change or adaptation is potty training. You know, when you're a one-year-old, you know, and you pee or poop your diaper, yeah, it's unpleasant and um, it's not. It's not unusual. (laughs) It's normal behavior. Now, how the adults that you deal with help you transition through that process of learning to control your bladder and your bowel movements is important. Because when a little baby poops or pees, it's like, oh, I got to go change the baby. Now, once you're old enough to understand how, you know, to do it yourself, Then if you poop or pee, um, if the adults that you're around go, oh, we've had an accident. Okay, let's go get you cleaned up. Now, the next time you have to go to the bathroom, you tell me and I'll make sure we get you to the bathroom. Okay, you're a big boy or a big girl now and you know when to do when you have to go. So just tell us we'll help you out. That's a positive transition through that period. On the other hand, you have a negative transition. So instead of being supportive, 
the adults are, oh, my God, you stinky butt. You pooped your pants. You know, wow, when are you going to grow up? You know, what's wrong with you? All that. Now, no matter if it's positive or negative, you eventually learn how to do this. But if you're being used, I mean, if you're being taught to do this in a positive way, then you are seeking the approval of those adults around you to become socially acceptable. If you are doing it because you're afraid of those adults, afraid of their disapproval, then that's a whole other process. That sets up a lot of fear, uncertainty, and feelings of helplessness. The next major change you make is when you start going to school. Because if you're three or four and you're tired, you just lay down and go to sleep. Well, when you're in school, that's no longer socially acceptable. So once again, you're having to give up some freedom, adjust how you approach society and the world in order to fit in. So you might be tired, want to take a nap, but no, this is time for art class or music class or math or whatever. So during that period of grade school especially and into the first stages of middle school, it is the peer pressure. And again, you look to the adults around you for guidance. Now, when you make the transition from being a child to being a preteen or whatever you want to call it, once again, we have to give up a little bit of our freedom because we have to conform. I remember when I was in grade school and here in Colorado, when you have a snowstorm, usually the next day that sun comes out and hits that snow. And by the time we get out of school, it is snowball time. So my friends and I, we would run down the street ahead of everybody, make a bunch of snowballs and wait for the girls to walk down the street. And then we would throw the snowballs at them. We weren't really trying to hit them. We were just trying to scare them. And we thought it was the best thing in the world. We would laugh and then we'd run down and do it again to some other girls. Now, that's OK when you're eight, nine, maybe even ten. But now when you're 12 or 13 and you want to ask that girl to dance, she's going to look at you and go, mm, I don't think so. You were the guy that threw snowballs at me. And I remember that and you scared me and I'm not happy. So now you have to once again change the way you approach life in order to fit in and get the approval of your peers. The next really big big change is, well, right about that same time is when you start going through puberty. Now, puberty is at the same time, the best and worst times of life. By that, I mean, you're going through a lot of changes physically, emotionally, psychologically, and your brain is starting to develop. The front part of the brain starts developing. So that's all good. The bad part is we don't have control over our emotions very well at that age. So we can be up and down all day. I tell the parents of my teenage clients that your child basically look at it as being bipolar. 
I mean, if he goes to school in the morning and one of the cute girls smiles at him and tells, you know, says, hello, how are you? He's on cloud nine. And then at lunchtime, he sees her holding hands and maybe kissing her boyfriend. And now he's down in the cellar in the basement. He is depressed. So those emotions up and down and up and down. And embarrassing things happen to us. You know, your voice is changing for the boys. Girls are developing physically, and they got all kinds of questions going on there. So, again, it's a good time of life and a bad time of life. The front part of the brain, the precognitive uh, cortex, it's the last part of the brain develop, and it starts developing when we hit puberty. It usually takes to about the age of 25 before it's fully developed. Now, females start a little earlier and they finish a little earlier. But the front part of the brain is where we are able to access abstract thinking in a much clearer way. In other words, we're able to think about if I do this, take this action, this is going to be the outcome, this is going to be the consequence of that. And Again, sometimes it works really well, but you know, when we're teenagers, especially, we do a lot of things that, you know, don't make sense. I remember my dad asking me some questions because I did some stuff and he'd say, What were you thinking? And the truth was, I wasn't thinking. I was just running off impulse. Now, the next big change after that is when we become an adult. And that's usually in the mid-20s. Well, what else is going on? By that time, you're either out of school, working in a career. Maybe you've gone to the military. You've got a job, might be starting a family, got a car, maybe buying a house, getting married. All of those kinds of things are happening. But the primary thing is you are now independent. By that, you are no longer reliant on your parents for food, shelter, and clothing. Every time we go through these stages of change, it puts us under a lot of anxiety and stress. And how we go through it is really a lot dependent upon the circumstances, who's around us at that time, what kind of mentorship or guidance are we getting from the adults. We all know that we want the approval of others and we seek that and sometimes we make some mistakes and we do things that are inappropriate and they can cause us a lot of problems, especially when we're communicating with others. If that 90% of your programming, that subconscious, is done in those first seven years of life, we tend to fall back on those things that we've experienced to deal with things that happened later in life. So yeah, at the age of 10, throwing snowballs at the girls, that's fun. But at the age of 20, no, that's no longer appropriate. Some of the major decisions we make can plague us in the future. I remember coming up with some 
ideas about how life was going to be and how I was going to approach life when I was around 10 or 11. And looking back now, no, those were not of great benefit to me. They did not help me out. So now I encourage the parents of my students, um, my my um, adolescent clients, to give them a little bit of space. Have some patience. Oh, they're going to drive you crazy. That's part of what they're doing. When they hit that teenage years and they start to roll their eyes when you ask them a question and they start to deflect, you know, you ask them, well, what did, you know, did you do this to do that? And they'll come up with, well, I was, but, you know, mm, that's normal. And what it is, is they're trying to search through that. The brain isn't fully developed. They're searching in there, finding that database. But don't worry too much about what they say. It's more important that you watch what their behaviors are, because it's what you do that labels you and defines you as a human being. 99% of everybody's going to get through this and come out on the other end a productive person, a member of society, a good family person, and so forth. But we have to be patient. I know if I had a time machine and I could go back and make some changes, there's some things I'd change way back when, but that's not possible. The past is not here anymore. It doesn't exist. The future is not here yet. We are dealing in the present. So let's take a deep breath. Recognize the fact that, yeah, these teenagers are going to do some crazy stuff. But then we all did some crazy stuff, too. Some of the things we did, I'm surprised I survived. Okay. Well, it is now time for me to put on my socks and shoes, close down my computer, Turn off the office lights and go home. Take care of yourself. Take care of those around you and have a good one. I will talk to you later.